Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiya, Bab. Hello there, Mr. Roboto. How are you? Why are you talking like that? I don't know, I just wanted to do something different. I mean, there's only so many ways that you can say hello, is it? Mm-hmm. And this one didn't work. Okay, well, welcome along everybody to Bearback, the podcast where we navigate our lives together as a bear couple. And explore the quirks of our respective cultures. I'm Ben, and I am not a robot, but I am British. And I am Benja, and I might be a robot, and I am Argentinian. Ooh. Ooh, do you need a bit of WD-40, Bab? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, D is always welcome. Okay, shall we move on? Today, we are very excited because we have coming onto the show Princess Chris, who is a cosplayer. Very much a departure from our normal suburban lives. It's something that we've not been that exposed to before, so it's been a massive... I'm very interesting eye-opener interview. Well, he's joining us live from New York City. And we're going to be talking about what it means to be a cosplayer. And particularly his style of cosplay. Because he does a lot of gender-bending looks. Which we'll talk a little bit more about later. But before all of that, what have we been up to this week? I mean, I don't know you. I've been on holidays. Oh, treat yourself, Bab. And I've been at home like a very depressed Scottish widow. Why Scottish? You know, like the insurance company, they're called Scottish Widows, and there's like a woman in a black cloak, and she looks quite moody. Okay, so yeah. I imagine that was just me at home, pining for you to come home. Okay. Which is far from the truth, because actually I went out, 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 out. So I was having lots of fun while you were okay. away. And since we're talking about things that are far from the truth, I was like so sad that I was away on holidays without you. I mean, oh. like really sad. I know. And um, that's a blatant lie. Yes. So come on then, where did you go? Tell the listeners. So I went to Istanbul, to Ooh, Turkey. Constantinople, Istanbul, what's the song? Istanbul is Constantinople, pero Istanbul no es Constantinople. And I can't remember anything else. Mm-hmm. And I think it was basically the same in English, but... Would have been. I think that, again, it can translate Istanbul, Constantinople, Istanbul, mm-hmm. Constantinople. So yeah, I went to Istanbul. I had a nice few days off going away with my brother. And again, my brother and I, as you know, we have very, very different ways of traveling. But we actually do have a blast together. Just remind us a little bit about the different styles of traveling that you and your brother have. So basically, I will most likely have a spreadsheet. That spreadsheet contains the places that I want to see, and there's a little bit of a geographical grouping. So it's very much a a matter of, do all of these places fit in one day, and are they located in a way that I'm not going everywhere at the same time? Sounds sensible, doesn't it? Very logical. And it's not a taxative plan. I mean, I digress from the plan as and when needed. Now, my brother is the type of guy that gets up at around 10, half 10 in the morning... (sighs) On holiday. On holiday. Has oh, a, that's half the day wasted, babes. Yeah, has a coffee and then decides, mm, what can I do today? Mm. So we travel very differently. Mm, I'd be fuming, babes. And you know how much I love your brother. I love your brother so much. But yeah, I would want to be up and out by about nine. Well, but to be fair, we do tend to go out, have a drink, enjoy a little bit of the, uh, of the nightlife as well, which is really, really good. I think the complication with my brother as well, in terms of my brother and I travelling together, is my brother probably doesn't eat anything further south than Italy or anything further east than Poland, Germany. Well, you were further east than Poland, Germany, weren't you? I'm further south as well. Absolutely. So, 
How did he go? To be fair, my brother is a fussy eater, but he was absolutely brilliant. Well, and realistically, we don't really go... Um... I love how you're talking about him like he's a child. Oh, he ate so well while we were away. Oh, we did really, really well. Yeah. But it's but it's true. The thing is, I'm not only, not only I like to try local cuisine, because, you know, I'm fat for a reason, and not eating is not the reason, of course. And also, because I don't... I prefer these kind of dingy places, you know, in the middle of an alleyway. Dingy, as in like a little boat. Oh, no, it's the wrong word. You mean dingy. Dingy, yeah. <laughs> okay. Dingy places in the middle of an alleyway. Oh, you are fluent in Spanish. I am fluent in Spanish. Um, ¿Cómo estás? Yeah. Uh, in the middle of, an, of a secluded alleyway that you kind of just happen to walk past. And, I, and we did so. And we ate a lot of Turkish uh, food, which was really, really good. So... And then we ended up in this reggae bar, which it was great, although it didn't play one reggae song. Oh, so it's kind of not really doing what it's, you know. It was more like an international bar. Well, why call it reggae bar if it was an international bar? Call it international bar. I don't know. That's not your modus operandi, is it? Well, I know, but it is what it is. And basically, the the two people who worked in the bar, Hachi and Billy, they spoke Spanish, and we knew that they spoke Spanish. Apparently, in Turkey, a lot of people speak Spanish, maybe not as fluently as you. Obviously. Um, I doubt it very much, though, really. But they also knew Spanish, because there's um, a girl working there who's from Bolivia. Um, basically, we got chatting with the guys, and we got chatting then to a couple of Spanish guys that came in and were sitting in the table next to us. And then there was another table where there was a Colombian girl, a Russian guy, a, a little bit of the whole multicultural, and we had a blast just, you know, smoking shisha. UN style <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, Sounds like the best gap yard ever. <laughs> to be fair, we had a blast in that bar. We, and again, we just sat there, drank, drank pints of Turkish beer. So for anyone who's not been to Istanbul, top tips? Top tip, it's a very big city. Mm-hmm. The old city is very nice to visit, not a lot of bars there. <laughs> so you have to travel to the nightlife. It's really cheap. Taxis are cheap. The metro is like... ATP, so it's really, really cheap to be able to move around and go to the Lambache Palace. The, it's the main palace. Palabamba. In... Palabamba, when? It sounded like Palabamba Palace. Okay. How do you pronounce it? The Lambache? Oh, Do Lambache. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said Lambache. It still doesn't sound like La Bamba. In my head it did. Indeed. Anyway, so this is in Galata. So it's not in the old town, it's across the road. It was the main residence of the Sultan, of the later Sultans. And the ballroom there is absolutely stunning. It's amazing. That work better than some of the mosques. If you're going now, don't bother with the blue mosque. It's beautiful, but it's under renovation, so you can't see crap. So we waited like half an hour to get in and literally there was like a little bit of a peak of the dome and that was it. Mm. So until it finishes renovation, don't bother. Okay. Well, there you are. Your very own bareback travel man. Thank you for your for your top tips there. I mean, I might take you to the next one. Okay, please. I'd like to go on holiday. Please. Okay, let's go on holiday. <laughs> Well, if you've not checked out Chris Carfer's page on Instagram, then do you even Instagram? Um, he's known as Princess Chris, famous for his gender-bending creations, where he takes feminine characters from stage and screen and gives them a dapper makeover. And we've had Belle, Ariel, Rapunzel, Eliza, as well as Mary Poppins, Britney Spears, Boba Fett, Freddie Mercury. Um, the list goes on. His passion and creativity for the art form know no bounds. And we are delighted to welcome him on to bareback today. So, Chris, thank you for taking time out to join us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for mentioning Freddie Mercury. Nobody does. Oh, I love oh, Freddie I, Mercury. Oh, I love the Freddie Mercury one. Thank you. I always feel like I'll get in trouble for that because I'm not Middle Eastern. So I kind of don't talk about that one as much as I do George Michael. 
that's why I was like, oh, thank you. Well, I love being Freddy. It's so fun. Well, the thing is, even I, I mean, Boba Fett is not even from this planet. So I did Aladdin Fett. So it was um, a mashup of Aladdin and Boba Fett, <laughs> which I guess Aladdin falls in the same category as Freddy Mercury because they're both Middle Eastern. But um, <laughs> that one actually was a concept that was created by... One of, like, my bigger cosplay idols. Her name's Amber Arden. You should look her up. She's adorable. She's literally, like, the Snow White. And so this was back in 2015. Mm -hmm. She did Snow White Boba Fett and called it Snowba Fett. And then got, like, all these people out in California that cosplay to do Disney characters as Mandalorians. And I thought that was really cool. So I was like, I want to do one. So I looked at, like, who wasn't taken. Yeah. Aladdin wasn't there. Aladdin was like my favorite guy character growing up, so I was like, uh-huh. "I'm gonna do Aladdin," and I, I did. I think that's what you're looking at. But um, <laughs> yeah, but that was that's like that was one of like, the hardest costumes I ever made in my life because it was the first time I ever did anything with foam armor. Which in the cosplay world, a lot of people do it. It's not my thing. Just give me a sewing machine and like some hot glue gun, and I'll probably I'll probably succeed better. But that was. It's still, like, somewhere in my top ten cosplays of my career, because it was, like, so specific and was really hard to make. So let's go right back to the beginning. Let's take this back to the bare bones, because a lot of our listeners will have probably experienced cosplay, but won't have even realised what it is. You've been to a Comic-Con, haven't you? So in my first year, when I moved to the UK, I, this is 2014, I went to Birmingham Comic-Con. And mm-hmm. I think that one of my highlights there, and this is why I'm so excited to have you here as well, it, there was this guy, quite a muscular guy as well, dressed as Leia in the Golden Bikini. And mm. I don't know, it, for me, it was such a a good shock in a certain way. When I was in that Comic-Con, it felt like everyone felt so free to be whoever they wanted to be in the fantasy world, in the Star Wars world. There was, again, an effectsman. But realistically, I wasn't introduced to that world until then. And to be fair, I've been to a couple of Comic-Cons, but I'm kind of more like a spectator rather than an active participant. Well, a little bit, if you like. So it is interesting uh, for me to know a little bit what is cosplay, where does it come from, and, uh, and how did it grow to what it is now? Well, so from what I know, it originated in Japan, which not shocked by. I feel like dressing up in Japan is very popular in a lot of different senses. Like, mm-hmm. You have know, the Lolita community, Harajuku. So cosplay, quite literally, it means costume play. And I remember when I first heard about it, I was very confused by it in the sense of like, do you act out the character? Because I don't want to do that i mean probably as like a little kid i mean let's be as a little kid i think most of us did cosplay i mean i grew up with like little dress-up pieces for like aladdin and peter pan um and we had like you know like the power ranger masks oh remember the power rangers man morphing time yeah loved it so i think that you know as kids we were kind of like lightly exposed to it but like in the same way how you would like as a kid would have been like lightly exposed to sports by just like playing kickball yeah Mm -hmm. cosplay kind of exploded in like i think like around 2011 2012 kind of like when in western culture when the comic-con world kind of became larger because comic book films became so much larger that so many people were like i want to do that costume like more people started talking about it and that's kind of when i started and it was actually a great time because i was in college for costume design so i kind of don't ask me why i (laughs) thought that going to comic-con because my first was 2012 Mm -hmm. for some odd reason i thought it was like required that i thought it was like a costume party that you had that you had to Mm mm-hmm I was very wrong, but, you know, that's kind of, like, what I do now. I love dressing up. I love being center of attention. So, so did you go to your first one in cosplay, then? I did. What did you do? So, what did I do? Okay, so the first day, this was really stupid. I called it a Judd Nelson version of Robin, so I had, like, a Letterman jacket. I got, like, a patch at a comic book shop that was the Robin logo. Mm-hmm. Glued it on and bought a 
crappy mask from Spirit Halloween. I called it a day. Uh, the next day was actually a costume I sewed in my sewing shop in college, and it was my own design of Hawkeye, which I think is really funny to talk about because the show just was on Disney Plus. So yeah. I'm like, I was thinking back, I'm like, why did I want to be this character? <laughs> so, like, I don't know about what it was about. Maybe it was the purple. But then the third day, and that's the one where like it was the least amount of effort I put into it, but the one that everyone was like caring about was I did Andy from Toy Story. Oh yeah. And, so I literally wore a blue t-shirt, jeans, and I have, so I collect uh, Disney toys. I have Woody and Buzz. So I carried them with me with a sign around my neck that said, <laughs> I'm off to college. And <laughs> literally everyone was like, Andy! I was like, oh, wow, like, cool. So you just have to put in minimal effort and people will care. And that was like the first one. And then, but I didn't like get hardcore into cosplay until like, the beginning of 2015. Okay, so but how, how does one go hardcore with cosplay? So it actually started with... My friend Hannah knew a girl who was, like, in, at the time, Instagram famous for cosplay. Her name was Negative Stacy. She doesn't do it anymore. But she used to host these parties that were just, like, in bars in New York City. And Hannah invited me to one. She's like, it's a cosplay party. I'm like, oh, so do I have to dress up? She's like... Yeah, you should. And I'm like, okay. And then I kept going to those parties. And then eventually what happened was, because before that, it was just like, I thought there was just New York Comic Con that was available for me to go to. Because I wasn't just going to casually just go to San Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. And you're Disney. from New York City, aren't you? Well, I'm originally from Long Island, but I lived in New York City since I was 17. I'm still there now. So I went to these parties and I learned about more conventions. I started getting invited to like be parts of groups in like conventions in New Jersey, especially in the year 2016. I went to New Jersey a lot. I think in 2016, I did one convention a month, actually. Wow. (laughs) That's a lot of costumes. Yeah. But at the time I was really, really thrifty about it. I was very, at the time I was very much just buying blazers at thrift stores and painting over them Mm -hmm. to make them something now i'm kind of more like i sew costumes now i like put more effort and detail but also right now there aren't many events to go to so you have the time to think about what you want to do Mm -hmm. and what were the reactions from your friends and family when you started venturing into this art form no one was like really shocked or very um like <laughs> why are you doing this? Like I think everyone was like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense for you." Like we're like, "Oh, sure, yeah." It wasn't like the Troy Bolton story of like the basketball player deciding he wants to do musical theater. It was just kind of like the, "Oh, okay, yeah, you're doing this is fun for you." Sure, it's like a natural not. progression, isn't it? Yeah. I think it was when I started getting attention on the internet that they were like, "Oh, Okay. You mentioned something that I hadn't really thought about before, and I think it's really interesting to know about. So you mentioned about this difference between, well, am I supposed to put on a character? Am I supposed to become the character that I'm cosplaying, or am I not? So how do you merge the character with Grace? I'm not very good at it. Um, (laughs) I think I, like, put on a little bit of airs when I'm some of the characters. Like, I try to present myself, like, as a nicer person. I definitely, because, like, most of the characters... Are you saying because you're not nice in real life? I mean, I'm... (laughs) Like, my mom says I'm a lot like David from Schitt's Creek. I will put it that way. Okay, (laughs) yeah. Fair enough. There's this convention that happens. It's it's run by Disney. It's called the D23 Expo. Yeah. And me and my friends do it. And the worst part is, like, I curse like a sailor, and I'm like, oh, what the fuck's going on? And my friend Jimmy's like, Chris, there's kids, like, right in front of you. I'm like, oops. Because <laughs> they're already freaked out by, like, the idea of, like, why are these boys dressed like Disney princesses? Because they don't... As kids, I, they, like, either are totally into it or just are not here for yeah. it. Yeah. We had a little... During COVID, we had a little pride parade out on our street. And one of the little boys down the road was like, we dragged up. And one of the little boys on our street was like, you know you're not really a girl. And we were like, yeah. (laughs) Kids are blunt, man. They will say what, they'll they'll just be blatantly honest with you. Tell us a little bit about your costumes and your design. Because you mentioned you studied costume design, didn't you? So is that part of that natural progression into cosplay? 
Yeah, kind of. It, it when I start going cons, it just seemed natural that I would like design my own costumes. Like even like with the Hawkeye, I was, and this is like where I kind of like figured out that like in cosplay, most of the reason people do it is to wear the costumes from movies that they like. And I was like truly trying to come up with my own design for Hawkeye, mm-hmm. and no one like no one looked at me. Nobody cared. And then I noticed people like taking pictures of the guys in screen accurate hawkeye costumes mm-hmm. i was like oh i see they only care if it's a reference to the pop culture thing that they know gender bend however you kind of you get away with it more especially with 2d cartoon characters like snow white and cinderella you can kind of have fun with it and like give it details and give it things to make it look beautiful and make it your own thing and that's kind of why I started doing it more. Disney and like fairy tale stuff's a little easier for me because you have a lot more free range to do things as opposed to like Star Wars where the designs are so specific. Yeah. Like I've always wanted to do a Stormtrooper just because I I have a Stormtrooper helmet. Like I love Star Wars, but those costumes are so painstakingly specific that yeah. I just know I will flop because I don't want to do all those details. And it's really difficult to find what to merge it with to make sense, because with Stormtroopers, I've seen, for example, the some people doing merges with, like, samurai-style costumes, yeah. but, again, it kind of goes with a theme, you know, with the lightsabers. Of course, Stormtroopers don't use light- lightsabers, but it goes with the whole theme of Star Wars to some extent. So it's still a little bit different, but still within certain boundaries. Yeah. Well, also because I think that for Star Wars, for me, with the gender men and everything, I've already done what I set out to do, which was to do Leia at least once. And now I'm like, well, I don't know what to do now because and there's like so many other things more that I like yeah. am working on. Like I'm currently so Brooklyn Link, who is another cosplayer, he's my best friend in the community. We're currently doing Alpha Ben Glinda. From oh, wow. And actually what's kinda cool back to the costume design. All my professors I had in college all studied under Susan Hilferty, who was the designer of Wicked. So okay. everything I learned as a costume designer was stuff they learned from her. Amazing. Yeah. So doing Elphaban kind of makes a little bit of a full circle to it, doesn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, where did you get the idea for this kind of gender-bending cosplay that you do so well? Honestly, from when I was a little kid, because I kind of grew up You know, I grew up in the 90s where, like, gender roles were really, really drilled on me. That, like, boys don't play with... As I look at my, like, now adult (laughs) doll collection. But, like, you know, it's like, boys don't play with Barbies. Boys don't want to be princesses. And I still, like, very much identify, like, I am a man. But, like, I still love princesses. And so when I was a little kid, I used to draw up boy versions of Cinderella, Snow White, and Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid. Because I was, like... Because it wasn't the same as, like, being the prince or being Peter Pan. Well, maybe Peter Pan. But, like, you know, it was different. Because the princesses were much more captivating than their prince. In Disney, really, princes are kind of there a little bit as filler, isn't it? It's all about the princess. I always loved, like, the pageantry of princesses. Like, I loved meeting, like, seeing them as a kid at the parks and everything. I always wanted the dolls. There, so there's something beautiful about it. So when I started cosplaying, I was like, I want to do Guy Ariel. And then I did. And it, then I was like, you know what? Like, I could be all these characters I wanted to be as a kid. And if some of the new ones that, like, you know, like, because when I started cosplaying, like, that whole trend on the internet of, like, Guy Elsa fan art started. And I remember just, like, looking at all, I'm like, this is what you do. Like, th- that's so rude of me, but, like, like I don't know. I was just like, this is what, how you would do it? Because I think a lot of times when I look at this fan art, a lot of times people are, like, making them, like, either way too mask or, like, way too, like, foppy. Mm. Is that the word? Yeah, like, foppish. And I'm like, I'm like, you need to find the middle ground with it. Mm. I mean, sure, like, I wear, like, 10 pounds of makeup and, like, blonde wigs and everything, but, like... You know, I try to find, like, the middle ground, like, how to make this work, where people will be like, this is a male version of Rapunzel, and this is a male version of Cinderella. But it's a lot more fun for me. It's a better challenge, too, in terms of designing, because you're not 
just looking at a picture of something that exists. You're coming up with it on your own. Yeah. Was there ever a point where you thought, actually, I'm just going to go and do full drag and go as these characters as women? Never. And this is why. I love drag, by the way. I knew that if I did drag, my name would be Alison Wonderland. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great, great drag name. But as a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race, whenever I watch, especially when I watch the makeover episodes... I'm just always like, that just seems like a lot of work. It just seems expensive. I know people that went on Drag Race and, like, how much money they had to spend. And I'm just like, oh, no. Like, I already think I spend enough money on these men's costumes I'm just and men's wigs. And I'm just like, I can't do that. I'm, like, props to the people that can. I am not meant for the world of being a drag queen, but I've performed with drag queens mm-hmm. as my gender bends, which has been so much fun. But I, yeah, I'm not, I, I can't do it. And also I, it just, it, it's just more of a money and comfort thing. So is there a line between cosplay and drag? Mm, no, not really. I don't think so. I think that, Drag queens are cosplay. There are drag queens like Dax Exclamation Point who truly are cosplayers. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, cosplay is drag at its same extent. I mean, we all wear wigs. We all wear makeup. We're all in full costumes. People pad. It is very much in the world. It's all theater at the end of the day. So let's go through some of them. Let's go through the most... Sure iconic characters so first of all the question is which one is your absolute favorite my favorite is cinderella to gender bend but again that is from you know kind of like the idea of like that i was like the first one to do it my favorite color is blue and also i just like love the classicness about it and actually the first day i did guy cinderella i literally planned it the day of it was the day i saw the 2015 one with lily james Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what made me go, I'm going to do Cinderella. And I sprayed my hair blonde. For a while, I had, like, dyed blonde hair because I was doing Cinderella. Yeah, that was, like, the first day I did it. And then I kind of became known as the Cinderella guy. And Cinderella is definitely, like, yeah, that's, like, my one. I think, like, if everyone's like, what's your one? I'm like, Cinderella. Your signature. Yeah, absolutely. The one that you will be known for forevermore. I, yeah, I mean, if I was, like, a super famous person and I die tomorrow and people were posting on Instagram, it would probably be me a Cinderella. When it comes to gender bending, so in regards to it, because I've, I've seen a lot of your outfits do sort of wear trousers rather than the full skirts, but I've seen, for example, oh, the one from Hercules Megara, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So I didn't make that one, actually. That one was made by my friend uh, Hilary Lane. Her Instagram is shiny like the sun fantastic costume maker she's on a show on peacock about escape rooms and the escape room name is escaping me and um, (laughs) she does very very fantastic costumes and for years i wanted to work with her we actually originally together we're gonna do odette from the swan princess but Mm -hmm. my budget changed and then i ended up making it and i was like sorry girl but then I talked to her later. I'm like, I do want to work with you. So I was like looking. I was like, who haven't I done? And I was like, I haven't done Megara. And I wasn't passionate enough to make it. But like, I knew I wanted to do it. So that one is technically, I guess you are right, is a skirt. But that's because in the world of Hercules, that's how all the men dress in ancient Greece. That's kind of what was going on. So that's, yeah, I guess. But usually the characters I do take place in times that, pants existed so and what about for example when you did a sort of snow white ariel so the ones that you mentioned that other people have done mm-hmm. plenty of times before so is that the way that you've approached it oh let's make it actually not just a guy in a dress or a super masculine version of ariel or, or snow white yeah i mean ariel is kind of hard to like really make your own if you're doing like mermaid ariel because we all end up doing the same thing which is like you know Purple seashell necklace, find a way to do the tail. I do, like, I've done cons as a guest where I thought it'd be fun. So I have, like, a swimmable mermaid tail, and I just sit, and I put a chair next to me for people to take pictures. I probably won't be doing that for my first con as a guest coming back because <laughs> COVID. 
But um, we yeah, all have these COVID physiques now, don't we? <laughs> yeah. So my favorite, I have to admit, is Velma. <laughs> I love Velma. I love how you turn her skirt into a pair of shorts. I absolutely love that look. Mm-hmm. Thank I, you. I think it's amazing. So, because you normally do a lot of so many different things, what took you to Scooby Doo? What took you to want to do Velma? It's actually a running joke between me and a friend, uh, my friend Lewis Stardust, because we always talked about doing like gender bends, like whatever. Scooby Doo came up, and I was like, would I be Velma or Daphne? And she immediately goes, Daphne, because you're an asshole. <laughs> but you know what? This is why. Because I was trying to think of something like thirsty to do that was also cheap. And um, <laughs> there's so there's like this whole like odd sexualization of Velma in the cosplay community for women. Like a lot of women who do like the Patreon and the OnlyFans stuff, mm-hmm. they do Velma and like they do like upskirt pictures and like weird things with her like having like a really really little red skirt. And the pose of her looking for her glasses. Yeah, exactly. That's like, a, like, they're arching. Exactly. That's a like, super sexualized image of Velma. I've seen exactly. that being sexualized everywhere. Yeah, like making her like a total bimb. And yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> I could do that. Like, it's so easy. And at the time, you know, I mean, my hair's brown now. So I'm like, I don't have to wear a wig. It's great. So I was like, oh, that's what I should do. So I had like a, I found like a crappy orange sweater that cost like five bucks. And then like, I had a pair of red jeans. I just like cut and I just rolled them up as much as I could. (laughs) It was so stupid, but it was so fun. And maybe one day I'll like bring it to the actual convention. Cause my friend, my friend Brooklyn Link, who's always like my buddy with stuff. Like he's Elsa when I'm Anna, I'll be Daphne. I'm like. Please do. He's like, but I'm not posting with you if you're going to be doing all that. I'm like, well, then I guess we're not doing it together. <laughs> I love it. I wouldn't, I, I think, I think it would kill it. I think it would be amazing. Uh, yeah. It's so fun. But like, yeah, that was like one of like the fun, easy ones where I didn't have to do anything. What's the hardest one you've done then? Right now, the ones I'm working on, the Elf and Glinda ones are the hardest because they're so painstakingly detailed. This is actually the only gender bends I've done so far where I'm, like, really, like, making sure they look like the Broadway costumes and, like, following what they do. So, like, Glinda right now has about... Elphaba's costumes actually all, like, little patches of fabric with fabric over it. It's, like, they're so, so involved. And I didn't realize that, but I knew that, you know, Wicked's my favorite musical and I want to do justice for these costumes... I didn't want to just make, like, just, like, a black suit and be like, this is Elphaba. Like, I really wanted it to be the costume from Wicked. I wanted people to look at us and be like, oh, wow, they're doing Wicked. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what I'm at now. This is, like, it's definitely, like, I think it might be, like, my magnum opus, actually, in cosplay. Wow. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Neither can I. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, they're, Glinda's like about like 35% done, Elphaba's about like 65% done. It's an expensive thing to make. I mean, the Elphaba and Glinda seems like there's a lot of work going into it and a lot of materials going into it, but in general, so on your outfits, are they, is it an expensive hobby to be a cosplayer? I used to spend no more than like $40 when I was 23, 24, 25, but now I'm 30, now I'm kind of like, you know, I keep trying to up one myself, and that's kind of like the whole Alpha and Glinda especially have been very expensive, but, like, I kept, like, trying to find ways to cut corners. Like, Alphaba, I would literally just go into the fabric shops and be like, oh, I'm doing a production, I need this swatch. Oh, I need this swatch. Oh, I need this, as opposed to buying fabric swatches. Yeah. And AliExpress became a very dear friend of mine. <laughs> um, especially for Glinda, for, like, I have, like, packs of sequins just everywhere. They're so involved, and... I'm really loving working on these, though, because it's they're costumes that I, like, have been obsessed with since I was 12. So getting to do this and making it how I want it to be is really, really exciting for me. I'm surprised, Ben, you've not mentioned Miss Argentina as well. 
when we talk about iconic outfits. Oh yeah, I love me because I'm Argentinian. When you did Tim Burton's um, Miss Argentina from Beetlejuice, you, you know, from The Waiting Room, I absolutely love that film and I love that, that character. So how did that come about? Oh yeah, so I was doing a 31 Days of Tim Burton for Halloween of 2020 because I wasn't going anywhere. Because your birthday's and Halloween, so, isn't it? My birthday is Halloween, yeah. yeah. Which everyone's like, oh, that makes sense. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, in Argentina, my birthday is Animals Day. <laughs> so I get I get that a lot because it's Animals Day in Argentina, okay. the day of my birthday. So every, everyone is like, oh, happy day, instead of saying happy birthday. Right. I say, oh, yeah. I actually want to bring up something up very quickly. So, because I, I don't know why I, I just thought about this. So, my hometown that I'm in right now is Northport, New York, hometown of Patti Lapone. Mm-hmm. Wow. Who sings, Don't cry for me, Argentina. Indeed. She played uh, her own. So, that's why I'm like, Oh, well, that's funny. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> It's the, connection, it's the connection that you make through the internet, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, and you're British, so and Andrew Lloyd Webber is British. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's the whole exactly. combo. In a past life, actually, I used to work with his brother, Julian. Absolutely really? wonderful man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never met Andrew, but um, his brother also, in, he was an incredibly talented cellist. Absolutely Ooh. amazing guy, yeah. Really, really talented family. Really down to earth as well. I wonder if he ever did shows with Andrew. Do you know, I don't know. I know he played, I know Julian played at the opening and closing of the London 2012 Olympics. Well, him and Emily Sunday, it was that time when, I don't know if Emily Sunday ever made it to the States, but she was kind of very similar to Adele. And um, at one time she was everywhere, wasn't she? Oh God, you couldn't get enough of Emily Sunday. It was absolutely everywhere. I never heard of her actually. She's good. Good vocal range. It was a little bit overdone at the time. It was literally, you could not turn on the radio without Emily Sunday being there. I mean, to be fair, Adele's kind of like that here. I love Adele. I, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like my mom, I remember I was like, we should go to an Adele concert. She's like, why? That's so depressing. I'm like, she's a who and a half. I know. Well, you always say that because you've seen her live. I've you? seen her live and it's absolutely amazing. And and to be fair, she makes fun of herself because she, she does say it plainly. She says, well... I need to talk in between songs. I need to make your life in between songs because otherwise it's going to be a mass suicide place. <laughs> and she says to herself, my shows can be really, really depressing. If I don't put some humor into it, she's an absolute laugh. It's so, so much fun to go and, um, and see Adele. So please do go take your mum. My knowledge of British pop culture is like very scarce, but also very bizarre when I talk about it with Brits because when I tell them that I was obsessed with BBC's Over the Rainbow... What? Like, what? Over the rainbow. Over the rainbow. What's that? No, I mean, he's British oh. and he doesn't know. Do you remember when Android Webber had all those reality competitions? Ah, yes, 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 yes. And it was Graham defined. Was host. That was my introduction to Graham Norton. Oh, was those <laughs> And so it was particularly this one, and I wanted to do a podcast where I interviewed the girls that were on the show. But the first person I asked never responded. Oh. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm not doing this. If Because you know why? Because I'm like, if one doesn't respond, then the others aren't. <laughs> the thing with that show, though, what I thought was so cruel was when they got voted out, they had to sing. And then they had that symbolic thing, didn't they, where they literally flew over the rainbow, didn't they? And it was I so cruel. Every- I show everybody those eliminations. It was so cruel. It was so high camp. Oh, yeah, um, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when my friends, when I make them watch it, they're like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe I'm watching this. And I'm like, it's everything. (laughs) I literally, and then an ironic twist, like around the time I was working, it was someone who was in the Grease show that we had here. And that's how I found out about it. And so I was like, this is everything. This is the greatest. <laughs> and but it, I wasn't as fascinated with the like the ones about Maria from Sound of Music or Nancy from Oliver, the Joseph one. I didn't even find any of the guys from the Joseph one to be particularly hot. So I except for one. So I was just kind of like, oh, this isn't. Yeah, was it Lee Mead who won that series? Oh, you're really testing my my knowledge of yeah, British Lee culture. Mead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you end up marrying Denise, Denise Van Outen. Oh my gosh, you, <laughs> your your British pop culture knowledge is amazing. Well, also that show though 
helped me because I learned about like some British music. I didn't know who Charlotte Church was until Whoa. that show. Well, um, you know Charlotte Church. You know, you know that she's kind of reinvented herself now, and she has this no. thing. Oh my god, it's incredible! So she's an amazing singer. I mean, she had a talk show during for she a had while, a talk didn't she? Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, she started off opera, then she went into pop, and then you know, as you say, she had a talk show. Yeah, I and love her pop songs, by the way. Incredible pop songs, but now she has this thing called Charlotte Church's pop dungeon i think it's called and it's basically her and all her like all her musician mates and they go on tour and they do the festival circuit in the summer and they basically mash up all these incredible songs so they'll go from like salt and pepper to like acdc and they just mash them all up into this and honestly i went with some people from work and they were like why are we going to a charlotte church gig i was like no trust me and they said it was one of the best gigs that they'd ever been to like honestly charlotte church's I think it's Charlotte Church's Pop Dungeon or, or something like that. It's incredible. And she's kind of obviously the main star, but then she brings everybody in and everyone feels part of it. It's just the best night out you'll have. And if you like drama, Charlotte Church is life in itself. It's drama. Bless is her. it? I really don't know about that. I only knew her from Over the Rainbow. Yeah, oh, yeah, God, yeah. no. Charlotte Church. I, I think she kind of like divorced her parents, something like that. She sued her mum. It was a very Macaulay Culkin type parent daughter relationship. I know she set up a school now because she wasn't happy with the school that her kids went to. So she yeah. just was like, right, I'm going to set up my own school. Oh, I love Charlotte Church. She's a mess and I love her. What's fascinating about you is like when you're not cosplaying and even looking at you now, you've got a fantastic beard. You uh, are a bit of a bear. Or would you say you were a cub? Would you be more cub or bear? Uh, I always said I was a cub, but like. I was called a baby bear once, and I'm like... <laughs> a baby bear, isn't that a cub? Oh, that sounds a little bit creepy, though. So, uh, but, but, but thinking of that, you know, obviously, when you're kind of in the gender-bending cosplay, it's quite clean-cut, and then, obviously, you, yeah. out of cosplay, is kind of it, it, a bear, basically. So, yeah. how do those two aesthetics fit together? They don't at all. So, that's, like, the funniest thing. I think recently, I... And maybe because I wasn't cosplaying as much... I let my facial hair grow out more. I grew out a stash and everything. And also, I was just, like, getting a little more male attention. So I'm like, all right, I could be like this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, actually, and that's what makes it more fun. Because, like, you know, if you see me out at, like, the bear bars and everything, and they're like, oh, okay. And then they, they're like, what's your Instagram? And I usually don't tell them. I usually am like, I don't have an Instagram. <laughs> like, I just am like. So you don't have, like, a separate Instagram for, for Chris, Chris on the street? I- I do, but, like, I don't like using it, and I always forget to post, and I just don't care about it. Mm-hmm. Like, when you go through my newsfeed, it's, like, this odd mix of, like, girls dressed like Ariel, big daddy bears. Like, it's just <laughs> it's very jarring. And the thing so is, I, I just don't like posting myself. I, I, but I don't think it, it, it shouldn't be an issue. You should, you should feel free to give people your Instagram, which is an amazing Instagram. To people in a bear bar as well. I I ran into some problems with it in the past, so that's why I don't do it anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, people are very... People are very judgmental. People are very weird about it. Like, I've gotten... Like, I'm kind of, like, sick of, like, questions of, like, do you fuck in your costumes? Or, like, (gasps) do you get... I mean, first of all, who the fuck wants to fuck guy rapunzel that just sounds <laughs> well i don't know I'm, there's lots of people out there with lots of lots i mean of but the thing is there's, a, there's always one but why do you why do people need to sexualize cosplay it's, why it's it's not an, a necessary association oh you do cosplay you fucking costume you know what well because people are ignorant a lot of people don't know and so now I've been doing this for seven years now, I guess. So, like, I'm kind of, like, used to, like, those, like, people that think that way. And a lot of people think it's, like, a fetish. And I'm, like, to some people, I guess. I mean, like, like that episode of Friends where uh, Ross wants Rachel to dress like Princess Leia. I'm, like, I get that. Especially because, like, I think because a lot of the characters I do are technically underage. That I'm just, like... Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a little bit... It's even creepier. Yeah. I mean, if you look back, like, like I recently found out Princess Jasmine's supposed to be 15 years old, and I'm like, what? Wow. What 15-year-old? What 15-year-old? 
Yeah, and that's the thing. It becomes a little, a, a little bit creepy. And I, I agree. There are people who have fetishes with, uh, with characters, and and that's fine. But that doesn't mean that everyone who does a character or does cosplay is fetishing on it. I get what you mean. I think that from my end, then, I've, uh, the question sort of goes into the future. So what's next for Princess Grace? And please don't tell me you're becoming a, like a cosplay porn star because we will just ruin this conversation. But what's, <laughs> what's next? So no. Only fans. <laughs> oh, no. I actually have a friend that does do that, and I subscribed, and I was like, oh, that's something I never thought I would ever see. But... Um, <laughs> The thing is, if you want to do it, all for it. I was, I was like, what a creative way to use Iron Man's hands. But, yeah. um, oh. 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 <laughs> oh. But, you know, Mama got to pay the bills. <laughs> uh, I, uh, he's making bank. But uh, anyway, I actually, in 2022, I'm actually diving into a new business venture of uh, theatrical costume rental. Uh, this is something I haven't, like, really talked about, actually. But, like, it's now, like, kind of, I'm kind of like, you know what, like, I'm 30 now. I need to start, like, you know, thinking about, like, a true business that I can go through. And I've had, like, business ventures for myself, like, commission work and everything. That didn't, like, fall through as much. But I am going to be trying to take more commission work in 2022 just to fund this business idea that I have. Tell our listeners, how can they find you on social media? Yes. So my Instagram is Princess Chris Cosplay. I also have a YouTube series with a company called The Pop Insider called Princess Chris's Tea Party. We filmed before the pandemic, and I really love to get it back. So I think people should watch. I That was like a really fulfilling job doing that show because I got to like just grill costumes from pop culture that I hate. <laughs> so it was really fun. Yeah, and the last episodes we filmed were actually at KatsuCon. So it was really fun because I got like the, my favorite episode was we did a man on the street version where I ran around the convention dressed as Cinderella <laughs> and people decide between like what the worst live action Disney movie costumes are. And I was like, I think I said something I'm like, I'm glad I proved the theory that Emma Watson's the worst Belle ever or something like that. <laughs> Which she is. Yeah. I know. And... <laughs> Love her, but. <laughs> Oh, I hate her. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we've got time for today. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair, I, I like her, but that character was awful. I took a lot of personal offense to the live-action Beauty and the Beast, because the anime movie is my favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. And when they announced that they were doing it, I was like, that sounds like a bad idea. And they did what they did. And as a costume designer, I was, like, extremely offended that they even let Emma Watson have say in what her costumes did. Yeah. It was... Uh, I think about it every day, like, how could have looked if she was not involved? I thought it should have been Samantha Parks. That's my opinion! Yeah, of course. <laughs> I ha- I've had a lot of strong opinions about that movie. <laughs> Well, listen, Chris, thank you so much for taking time out today. I know it's really, really early for you. It's like, what, 8 a.m.? We're just about yeah, to have our, now, yeah. yeah, we're just about to have our lunch. So thank you so much for taking the time out and for sort of taking us into that world of cosplay. I know. I mean, I feel it's a, a world that we are now going to probably explore a little bit more. Yeah, and I think, I, to be fair, I, think, I feel like I learned a lot, but I learned a lot of exciting things. Yeah, I think everyone should cosplay at least once. And then if they don't like it, they don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they don't like it, then do it again. And hopefully people will be able to see you out and about uh, later on this year at some of, some of these cons around around the state. So, yeah, definitely keep an eye out for that. Yes. Yeah, I would love to. I also would love to go to a convention in London sometime. Oh, that would be amazing. Well, you've got two friends here. I mean, we're not in London. We're a little bit outside of London, but, you know. Yeah, we're still a short train ride away, so... We'll come oh, down. We'll, yeah. we'll be like your personal... What, ballets? No, I was thinking more like cheerleaders. Like. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love that. I, yeah, I've always wanted to go to London. It's like my number one. I've never been to Europe in general. So I like, that's like my number one destination. But purely, because this is how much of a nerd I am, I just want to see Phantom on the original stage it was presented on. Oh, it's amazing. Phantom of the Opera. I love Phantom. Yeah. I love it so much. I want to do more Christine costumes. Uh, yeah, that's like 
yeah, that's all. Also, I want to see this train wreck Cinderella that Android Weber created. I'm very curious about it. Oh, I, I've not actually read any reviews of it. I knew it was out, but I've not read any reviews. It's getting not fantastic reviews, and the soundtrack is very jarring. There's so many ballads, like a lot of ballads, and the show seems, it just, it seems insane, and I really must see it. <laughs> I must see it. I want And I want to go see some pantos. I've never seen a panto. Before. Oh. Ben loves a panto, I so. Love a panto. You love panto? Yeah, but if to, to do the panto, you have to come around December, January time. Because they're not Why? all year. They're not all year. They're a Christmas thing, pantos. Oh, I thought they were like a year-round thing. No, 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 no. They usually start just before, just after Christmas, and run until the end of January. Pam Anderson did a panto of Aladdin, like, years ago, I remember, and I was like, ah. Oh. I know, I can you imagine? I would love to have seen Pamela Anderson in a... In, in a, a panto. panto. That would have been a sight. someone from the Over the Rainbow show was in it, too. Oh, they'll all be in them. They'll all be in them. They'll all be in them. Listen, have a great day, and we'll catch Thank up you. soon. Keep in touch, and just keep being you, and being fabulous, and being absolutely amazing. We absolutely love you. Yeah, thank you very much for having time for us. Bye! Thank you so much for having me. Bye! Well, that was a lovely treat, wasn't it? Speaking to Chris. Princess Chris. And again, I feel now uh, sort of introducing to the world of cosplay. Should we try it? Well, I was thinking that, like, what would you do if you went and did cosplay? Jabba the Hutt. You go as Jabba the Hutt? I mean, it's probably the one that fits most my body shape. You know what we could do? We could go as Jabba the Hutt, but Jabba the Hutt as sexy Princess Leia from Return of the Jedi. Sort of like... So Jabba the Hutt in a golden bikini? Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Okay. I'd quite like to go Stormtrooper. I like the Stormtrooper, like a thick Stormtrooper. Yeah, but I I like... As in T-H-I-C-C. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know. Not like stupid, like, yeah, I'm a silly Stormtrooper. I mean, they're all stupid, really, aren't they? I mean, they have no aim, have they? No, they've got no aim. But I like... In terms of cosplay, um, things that don't have a helmet, because I like drinking. Yeah, and I think wearing a hat or wearing a helmet, you get quite hot, you get quite sweaty. Unless I had like a little inbuilt fan or a, you know, one of those personal aircon units that mm-hmm. I think exist. I don't know if they exist. I know, so I like my face. It's my, it's my best feature. Yes, yes it is. You've uh, got a beautiful yeah, yeah. face. I mean, that five second gap there, man... <laughs> you got a beautiful face, beautiful face, Bab. Well, if any of you guys are listening and you're thinking, I want to try cosplay now, what would you go as? Or have you even done cosplay before? If you have, let us know. We are on Twitter at BarebackPod. We are on Instagram at BarebackPodcast. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for us, Bareback. Or you can send us an email at BarebackPodcast at gmail.com. And I need to make a point about this. Cosplay. Wearing a leather harness does not count as cosplay. No, that's just sexy time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a different thing. <laughs> so if you have done cosplay beyond the leather harness, <laughs> get in touch. We want to know. We want to see the photos. We want to know about your experience. What, leather or... Cosplay. Okay, cosplay. So don't send us in your leather pics. I mean, they can send those if they want to, but that's just for our personal pleasure. A little whip, a little chain? Yeah. Okay. Plus, don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or indeed on Spotify too. You can rate us there now. It all helps and we do really appreciate every one of you for taking the time out to do that. On that note then, thank you everyone and may the force be with you. I was just going to say bye-bye, okay? Yeah, may the force be with you. Bye! Bye! (laughs) 